Welcome to 45 Forward, the beginning of the rest of your life. Each week, host Ron Roel and his guests discuss topics of interest to many listeners in their 40s and beyond, including retirement, caring for aging parents, health, lifestyle, and more. It's time to think ahead to the next half of your life, and we'll help you plan it with ease. Now, here is Ron Roel. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of 45 Forward, where our mission is to help you, our listeners, from Los Angeles to Long Island, make your second half of life even better than the first. More than a decade ago, officials from the town of North Hempstead on Long Island noticed a significant trend in the town's census data. The region's older population, residents aged 75 to 84, increased 40% since the last national census, while those over 85 had increased 60%. They also discovered another key trend. Many of these older residents were longtime members of the community who said they wanted to remain in their homes, aging in place independently for as long as possible. So the town created an innovative program called Project Independence, which over the years has grown into a multifaceted program with one program in mind, to help seniors live healthy, active, and engaged lives by connecting them to valuable services and programs in their communities. In today's episode, Rebecca Miller, the Deputy Director of the Town of North Hempstead's Department of Services for the Aging, will talk about how Project Independence serves thousands of local seniors every year linking them to healthcare professionals, social workers, taxi rides to doctors, shopping and home repair services. Rebecca will also describe how the program has created unique partnerships within community organizations, healthcare professionals, social service agencies and businesses. And she will explain how Project Independence, which has been based on the concept of what are called naturally occurring retirement communities, NORCs, and while Project Independence has expanded from that concept. It serves as a valuable model for, for suburban communities across the nation. So now let's meet our guest, Rebecca Miller. Rebecca, welcome to the show. Hi, Ron. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, it's always a pleasure when I get together with you, Rebecca. Um, and um, so um, this, today's show is actually part of uh, a uh, couple of shows. So next week starts uh, National Aging in Place Week, um, and uh, so we're sort of prefacing that 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 week with an, we'll have another show that week. But um, this is the first of shows about aging in place and how to do it successfully, because a lot of people want to do it. And yeah. I think when I think when ARP does surveys of you know people in their fifties and sixties of how they want to age when they get older some, you know, huge majority, like 80 to 90% say they want to age in place. But how to do that sometimes not so easy. And you guys have a terrific model because it's not just based on, okay, what one house, it's based on the community. So we're going to dive into that. But but first, I want to give uh, our listeners a little bit of background about you. And um, because I always find that my, my uh, guests have interesting lives too, that progress before and after 45. And, and, and I just want to always sort of emphasize the journey uh, that people go on and, and, and let people know like, hey, don't worry where you are 25 or 35, you're going to be different at 45, 65 and 75. So tell us a little bit about how you came to where you are today. How I came to where I am today. So um, I'm a born, raised, educated, raised my own family, New Yorker. Mm -hmm. I've, um, I've lived, I was born in the Bronx, I've lived in Queens, um, moved out to Long Island where I was raised with my brothers. Um, I was educated in New York, um, Nassau Community College and also Brockport. 
um, mm -hmm. where I got my bachelor's and um, then back home and lived in Brooklyn and worked in the city and um, eventually met and got married and raised my children back on Long Island. And I found my career, when I moved back to Long Island, I, I wound up just kind of ironically in the healthcare field. Mm -hmm. So it was actually a temp job. Um, I was trying to start my own business at the time, and um, it was it was going slow. So I knew I needed something else, and I went to a temp agency and was hired at Massapequa General Hospital. Massapequa General Hospital at the time was the only solely accredited osteopathic hospital in the state of New York. And it was a very small hospital, very, it was a private small hospital, which there is no longer any of those around. But at the time it had its own board and very interesting. They knew they had to come up with some um, kind of, you know, uh, grandiose plan to stay, to stay alive because they saw what was happening with hospitals and joining. And um, so they, we were planning, I was hired in the planning department at the time um, just because some of my experience landed there, and um, we were trying to build a nursing home attached to Massapequa General Hospital, which okay. would share services, um, and you know somehow we could stay afloat and add the beds, and um, it was a very arduous experience, planning, financial, and it just unfortunately never happened. However, one of the things that did happen was it, it's also it was also an educational hospital. So we were partnered with New York College of Osteopathic Medicine, and we opened up a family practice residency program, um, which today is a large practice, and that was back in 93, 94. So the hospital eventually closed down, and um, I kept my foot in the door there for a little while. I also then went to Mid-Island Hospital, where I was the director of community um, relations and volunteer services. Um, mm -hmm. And I always stayed kind of connected to this family residency program and eventually became the operations manager for that practice. Right. So there's a lot of background. I've worked at a couple of hospitals. I've worked at, you know, um, big practices. This practice had a lot of specialties in there. We did education. We had residents and interns and medical students rotate through. So the majority of our patients were older. They were older people. You know, we did, we did a lot of physicals for schools, and of course there were some young families, but um, it, it, just, it just came, you know, I remember this one day we had um, an older patient and the doctor, you know, gave her a thorough examination, gave her five prescriptions, changed mm -hmm. her medicine, and told her she had to go see all these different specialists. She had a taxi waiting for her, honking its horn in the front. <sighs> wow. And she's at the front desk trying to pay her co-payment. And, you know, somebody, she was in her 80s, you know, but very active. And I, I watched her walk out of the office. And, Ron, she threw every script in her hand in the garbage. Oh, and wow. Just, and just walked out. And, she, and, and I knew, I said, you know, this is so overwhelming. You know, yeah, you give her, you, you know, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be, you know, a way to help 
older people. I mean, it's overwhelming for anybody. When right, you go right. to the doctor and they change something in your one prescription because maybe your blood pressure was up and then you continue to hear some other recommendations, you're still thinking about this blood pressure. So, you know, it's there's a lot of advocacy that that needs that needs to be done. And kind of from that point on, I just you know, I just had a connection there. And um, and my previous job in, at Massapequa General, um, I just wanted to add that we had a program called the Silver Card Alliance, where oh. even back then, we went to just kind of local stores and, trans- and taxi companies and asked if somebody became a member, would they give them a discount? Would they offer some kind of service for seniors? And, um, and so that kind of took off back then, too. So I was um, ultimately I stayed at this practice um, as the operations manager up until 2007 when I was hired by the town of North Hempstead to kind of help grassroots get this project independence program going. Wow. So, so, so I was right that you have had quite a journey, but I think it, what I've learned from listening to people's journeys is that it really informs what they you know, end up doing now, because if you yeah. hadn't had all this experience, I'm not sure you would have had as much of a grasp of what the needs are of the people you serve now, you know, who the, the, you know, the customers are for this program. Yeah, it's true. It's really, you know, it's true. And I have, you know, um, my mother, you know, my father passed away recently. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of overwhelming because, you know, my mother is a um, actually was former commissioner for Project Independence for a few mm. years, and you know, very informed, knows what's going on, and like, you know, has to spend three four hours on the phone with Medicare to get a prescription straight. You know, that shouldn't have to be. And for someone like her, it takes a long time and it's frustrating. And and most people aren't at that level where they, you know, have such a deep understanding of the bureaucracy of healthcare and right. everything that's out there with silver, you know, senior services. Can right. you imagine people who are, you know, in their 80s and the, you know, they get a prescription and it was changed to a generic and they don't know why, they don't know what to do, and you know, they hours. It could take hours. So yeah. yeah. Um, so, so let me uh, ask you, I, so I gave a, a little bit of background in the introduction, but take us back to the creation of Project Independence, because the things you're, you're describing uh, are true of, of many, many seniors. Um, and, but, and the distinctive thing about Project Independence is that you've taken this on as a community endeavor, not just, you know, one household here, you know, individual families here and there. So tell us how this started. Give us a little bit about a sense of who's involved and then go into the structure of the program. So um, before I started in Mm -hmm. 2005, around 2005, 2006, um, there is a program called a NORC, a neighborhood Mm -hmm. NORC. And that is a naturally naturally occurring retirement community. And for the purposes of this program, that means that there's a, a in a neighborhood like a suburban area, there's a radius of a certain amount of people who are 60 and older. And within that radius, if you identify, you know, the, the right amount of people, you can um, work with the New York State Office of the Aging and create what is known as a NORC. I mean, that's the, the short of it. You know, um, right. there's a 
process that you have to go through. You have to partner with, uh, you know, health and human service agencies. We offer community nursing and social work and transportation and other programs. So um, I believe the town of North Hempstead was one of the first suburban government, I don't want to say led because the actual lead agency at the time was FEGS, which was the human service agency, which provided the community social work. So right. we kind of housed everything. We had the facility, we had the space, um, you know, we had the population. So um, in 2006, in January of 2006 is when the North came to be. So we had this um, small pocket in northern New Hyde Park where um, there was about 2,000 senior people 60 and older. Mm -hmm. And they were able to receive these um, really great services through the human service, through the grants from NYSOFA. And it was really a great program. Um, it, 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 it took off. Everybody in that area, that small area of northern New Hyde Park, were very happy. We had we have social work, we have wonderful social workers and nurses who were still with us today from the original stock, some new, some old. But um, so we had all these great services and programs. But if you lived next door and you weren't in that NORC, in that radius, you couldn't have these programs. So, you know, at the time, the supervisor was John Kamen and, um, you know, certainly recognized that um, it's really not fair um, to have all these wonderful services provided and have seniors who are also in need. I mean, these are, this is not just, hey, you're getting this, you know, um, you know, great, these great services, you, you need these services, you know, um, this right. helping, helping people with medication management, you know, social work programs, we, we had to run, you know, support groups and educational chats, and um, we created advisory boards, that'll get into a little bit later. So okay. um, a decision was made that we needed to expand Project Independence townwide. Now, at the time, we're, we're a township of approximately 250,000 residents. Uh, 50,000, give or take, were 60 and older. Mm. So that's a lot. You know, fifth, we had yeah, a fifth of the population, yeah. Right, yeah. right. And um, 60 and older. So, you know, obviously people that are 60 and older are um, probably still working. So I mean, you've got 60 to 70. So, you know, we're talking about, you know, a an older senior population, not the super seniors, but the super seniors are, are you know, included in there as well. Um, so we, we slowly started to expand and we did that by going kind of area by area because within North Hempstead, we have a lot of different towns from Port Washington and, and Great Neck and Manhasset and New Hyde Park and Mineola and Westbury and Call Place. I don't wanna leave anybody out, you know. So we have, we slowly and we grouped areas together and slowly expanded. And um, I believe by 2010, I think we were fully expanded. And within each area, just like in the NORC, we have we have uh, like an off-site place. So maybe at the Great Next Senior Center, at the time it was the Senior Center, now it's the Social Center. They would have a nurse and a social worker, an area, you know, and certain hours that they would be there. And the same thing in Westbury and the same thing in Mineola Williston Park and New Hyde Park, of course, where is the home of the Project Independence Office. So we just kind of used the NORC model uh, as we expanded and provided the same types of services. But of course, we got more 
a little more progressive and you know that we had we um got a wonderful grant for um transportation which um to this day we uh, enable seniors to go to their doctors um within the town of north hempstead by taxi door to door much much reduced rate um and also food shopping within their area they can go food shopping for no cost um using a taxi mm-hmm. so you know that really it's so helpful for seniors because we, you know, back in the day, they did a very, you know, a major survey to kind of determine the, the needs of people within your area, which is what you really need to understand. You know, not all seniors have the same needs. So, um, you know, we did um, a study with Nelson Nygaard and we kind of um, right. prioritized the transportation needs of the seniors. You know, we know that had to be get to the doctor. You have to get to the doctor and you have to get food. So, you know, in order to, to age safely in your home. Right. Yeah, I think that the transportation issue is a really good example of how um, when you have a government uh, service or, you know, general service for population, that to be fair, it has to be kind of standardized, but but it, it doesn't meet the needs of, of a lot of people. And, and I think the intuitive notion as well, public transportation is that's the, you know, the most efficient way to go. Whereas you guys, you know, in, in really treating your constituents as customers, didn't really talk to them and said, well, what do you need? And, they, and, it, and not only did you realize that you, that you needed more flexibility in the transportation, but, I, but it, it's sort of unusual. You found out that doing taxis was actually cheaper, right, o- overall. Overall, right. Because if you have an area where you're, say you're using a school bus and, you know, you have three people on a school bus that could seat 40 you know, right. there it's it's wasteful. So, um, you know, but getting back to what you said is, you know, the, one of the the things with um, with the NORC is that you have to have a connection with the residents. You have to understand their needs because you know, in North Hempstead, we have more suburban areas, but we also have urban areas. We have Great Neck where there are apartments. You know, the streets are busier. And we have suburban areas, um, you know, where there's a lot more land between houses. So there are differences even within North Hempstead um, to address. Yeah. So you you have to figure out how to get some flexibility into the system to really meet the needs of of all the residents. Um, That's that's a great example. Um, Now, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more. uh, We're going to come up. Uh, with a, a break in shortly, Rebecca. But when we come back, I'd like to talk a little bit more about um, just um, you know the kinds of programs you have besides the transportation programs. Um, you have a tremendous diversity of programs, uh, and the listeners will be amazed. So, uh, folks, we're going to take a short break. But when we come back, we'll be talking much more with Rebecca Miller of Project Independence. So don't go anywhere. <music> Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Planning for college? 
Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks. Uh, we're talking today with Rebecca Miller, the Deputy Director for the Town of North Hempstead's Department of Services uh, for their project Independence. Uh, this is the town's iconic program to provide services and programs to help seniors age in place for as long as possible. So before the break, uh, Rebecca and I were talking about, you know, how to create um, flexibility in program to really meet the individual needs of the different, you know, con- communities within the town. Um, so you need a certain scale, but you also a certain sense of intimacy. So talk a bit about how you get feedback from your, your members. And you, you mentioned me during the break, the advisory uh, councils, is it? Advisory council? Yeah. So we call them advisory committees. Committees. And um, the first one was, of course, in New Hyde Park, which is where, um, you know, we had our, we had our NORC. And it's just made up of community of residents. I mean, it could be leaders, but it's the residents that we listen to. And we need to understand all the areas where, um, where, where the seniors are coming from and, and what their needs are, because there are very different needs in the different regions. You know, mm-hmm. we were saying before, like where you have um, apartments, a lot of apartments in Great Neck. And, you know, in Roslyn or New Hyde Park, even you have, you know, multi-level homes, you have a little bit more land, you have different needs, you have different access, different resources. So even though we're all within the town of North Hempstead, which is the northwestern corner of Long Island, we -hmm. go as far out as Westbury and work our way back. Westbury, Call Place, Mineola, New High Park. So there's a lot of different communities in that area. Um, but luckily, in the town of North Hempstead, we have incredible resources, um, mm-hmm. incredible resources. We have hospitals. We have, you know, we have Northwell. We have LIJ. We have uh, NYU Langone, formerly Winthrop. We have uh, St. Francis. So we have all these great hospital systems and all these doctors that are associated and, and practice nearby. So um, it, that's a real plus for, for the seniors and the great link to the transportation program. The transportation program, someone had the idea, I think it was in Great Neck, to use taxis to see, to see how we could do this. And um, we wound up through a public procurement and a New York 5310 federal grant we were mm-hmm. able to provide these services. So in part paid by the grant, in part by the town, and in part by the residents when they utilize, when they utilize the service. And um, I just want to add in there that, you know, the program started um, under supervised John Kamen. And um, 
Judy Bosworth came in along after and a great supporter of Project Independence. And now our current supervisor, Jennifer DeStena, is, you know, another great supporter of Project Independence. It's kind of hard not to be, but, you know, what, what everybody recognizes in Project Independence is that it is working. It is, it is a great program. So we do have a lot of different um, advisory committees, but you know, um, during COVID that changed a little bit because uh, we weren't meeting in person, but we did go virtual with the advisories. Yeah, talk a little bit about that since we're on COVID. I mean, that, that certainly was um, <laughs> a challenge, shall we say, for, for many programs. Um, so how did that, how did you handle that? And uh, so, how did it change? So it it was a huge challenge because, I mean, not only um, did we have to go virtually, but, you know, uh, technology savvy seniors are the younger populate. The younger seniors are you know pretty tech savvy. But the older ones are I don't want to say some are resistant. Some are just gung ho. I mean, we actually have a program called Technology for the Terrified mm. where we kind of, you know, we have in-service programs and education chats and on-hands um, programming for seniors to come in and they can register um, through our 311, which is another incredible resource for the town, which um, helps connect seniors to all of the programs that we have. But I'll get back to COVID and then we'll... Okay to 311. There's so much, but in, in, you know, we need it all in order to be, be so successful. So, um, you know, we, we went to Zoom with, with everything. We, all of our programs, our advisories, um, all the groups that we have, you know, we talked about it. I mean, we even have blankets of love where, you know, people get together and um, sew and knit and crochet blankets for people in need. And that went virtual. So, all these programs that were, went virtual, people, the um, seniors that were able to access Zoom and those that were not, you could call in too. So, um, you know, it wasn't easy. It wasn't ideal, but we were able to stay connected constantly. And, you know, we transportation, our taxi companies all adapted to all the recommendations and safety recommendations. So, you know, we still needed to get food. Seniors still needed to get to the doctor. Um, so we, you know, maintain transportation. We were all working from home. So there was a lot of adjusting and adapting. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, we have this amazing 311 call center mm-hmm. that um, you call 311 for anything. We used to say you call 311, one call to town hall. But you call 311 or 516-869-6311, which is always good to know the full number because if you're outside of our area and you call 311, you could get out east or you could get the city. Um, so 311, any call that's made um, go to the town really needs to go to 311 because they can track the call. But more importantly, you know, if that's the only call you need to make. Mm-hmm. So if someone, you know, if an older resident is in need of maybe a ride to the doctor and also would like to talk to a social worker, you know, they don't have to make two different phone calls. They make the one call. The call is then sent to our department and um, it's received. It's determined what region they're in, who their social worker is or who their taxi company is. And it's all taken care of that way. So um, we have a very important, tight relationship with 311. Right. 
You know, it's uh, that's that's a really important concept, and I think that uh, you know we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about the different programs because there's just such a tremendous variety of programs you cover, and I, and yeah, I love the, the holistic approach to you know because when you age in place, there are lots of components that you have to think about. Um, so we're going to talk about that, but before that, I want to just actually one of the other things that you do is that you uh, you tie in different sectors, and I think that's something that's that's not always thought of. In other words, it's not just government. You have social service agencies, you have businesses, you have, you know, healthcare um, mm-hmm. uh, organizations and providers. So I think, how do you, how did you create this partnership? Well, I mean, you, it goes back to the needs of the mm-hmm. residents. If okay. there's a need, there's a way, there's, there's a resource, you know. So you really have to understand also your resources. You can't promise you know, maybe a town out east, every single thing that we can do in the town of North Hempstead, it doesn't mean that other areas can't do these wonderful things. They have resources too. You just have to understand your resources and, you know, who the agencies are, who your partners are. Um, You know, like I said before, we're in this area, we have you know, we have Northwell, we have NYU Langone. We are partners with all of them in different ways. We we do a, a, a balance for fitness program with NYU Langone on Fridays. Northwell are subcontracted nurses. St. Francis bus comes to our re, all um, throughout the town and they do testing through St. Francis. So it's, there's just so many things and like you said sectors it's it's hard to even you know explain sometimes um people call us and they mm-hmm. want to partner with us they want they want to, they they know we have this very targeted population and a lot of times people will contact us and say you know either they have they're a vendor they have a business or you know they're an agency and and how can we partner so there's so many, you know, needs like that, that whole concept of the silver tsunami where mm-hmm. you've got, you know, people, the baby boomers are turning 65, 10,000. Um, I know you know that number because we work together with AARP on age-friendly right. communities mm-hmm. and it's 10,000 a day. And it's till um, the last year was 1964 when people will be turning 65 and um, that at that point is when that will slow down. So you have all these young seniors and starting out the baby boom. So the population's bursting there, right? And then you have the other end, people are living longer. I mean, we talk about this all the time. I'm sure we even talked about it when you were on Project Independence and you, that people are living longer. When I was a kid, it was rare that any of my friend's grandparents were in their 90s or um, you know, even hundreds today, we have, we have, we have parties all the time for people turning a hundred. And, um, right, right. so that's the true silver tsunami, that whole expansion. We've never, there's so many unknowns to Ron. We, we don't really know because people are living so much longer and their needs get greater and greater. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're continuing with project independence, you know, to stay, progressive and and keep a watch and it was one thing I thought was interesting when you had sent me some information that made me think about um, the pandemic so Mm -hmm. one of the hardest populations to kind of understand and get to and identify are isolated seniors Mm -hmm. who live alone Mm -hmm. 
they don't come out, if they, if they don't have to. But kind of what happened to a lot of our seniors, a lot of very active seniors, um, for the first time, you know, became somewhat isolated. Um, somewhat, you know, understand, and, and, you know, we got a little bit more understanding of, of kind of that lifestyle. We all experienced it, you know, this kind of not being able to leave. Um, And maybe, you know, not being able to leave, not because you didn't want to, but you can't for whatever reason. So there were there's so many things that we learned, you know, during the pandemic. But so we went back to the pandemic now. Yes. Well, I know. I think that's important. And and I think that um, uh, the pandemic uh, showed us uh, the issues of isolation, that even though you know, we're, we're in, in, in our communities, we're still isolated and there are ways that we need to, to basically break down that isolation um, uh, without a pandemic because people are still isolated. Uh, in many cases, we just don't know about it. It's, it doesn't come to the fore. Um, when everybody was, it's like, oh my gosh. And, but then I think a lot of information came out about how many seniors actually were alone in their communities. So that's an important aspect of, of, of aging in place. Right. And Um, we, we um, started a program that we start restarted a program that we had friends calling friends, people volunteering. We would help kind of connect people to people who were homebound and, you know, they, they started, we kind of matched them with personalities and, and hobbies and things like that. And, uh, kind of got them connected and became friends. And, and it was it was a great way to check in. And it was comforting for, you know, the isolated resident. And it makes people feel good that they're volunteering and having a nice relationship. Right. Now, there, as I mentioned before, there are myriad programs. Uh, so I just yes. wanted to talk about some of them, you know, pick some of them out. I mean, one of the things also that we've learned um, that was difficult during the pandemic is that one of the key um, well, the key areas are, are socialization and also activity, you know, mm-hmm. in many ways. So, so that's what, talk about some of the programs. Some of them are, you know, activity, literally, you know, exercise, but also lots of social programs. So give a few examples of some of these programs. So we have a lot of programs, um, like I was mentioning before, Blankets of Love. There's also support groups, and we also have respite programs. Um, a lot of these programs definitely are a source of socialization. Um, there's educational programs. We have medical vans coming. It's just on Fridays, we have mindful coloring. There's all kinds of things, a gamut from, um, you know, uh, like elder law attorneys coming in and, and educational chats and every kind of avenue for, for the aging population. Um, but yeah, you were talking also about activity, physical activity. The town has, you know, offered physical classes from yoga and Tai Chi, Zumba Gold, um, all kinds of fitness classes for the seniors. And it was extremely popular. I mean, and there's no charge for that through Project Independence. You just call 311 if you want any information. Um, So it was, you know, a place for seniors to also socialize. You know, they Mm -hmm. felt connected to their to their, to their instructor. Um, they would come, some people who didn't drive would come with a neighbor. I mean, it was really a great source. And, and of course, all the fitness was um, geared for seniors in all different levels with a mm-hmm. lot of options. Well, that stopped. That was tricky um, mm-hmm. to figure that one out. How do we keep the seniors active? How do they still see their favorite instructors? So what we did was we started out by going, doing it on Zoom. 
And then we work with North Hempstead Television. And we started doing shows in the studio where we would do yoga, tai chi, fitness. And we'd go by in the studio alone because it was still during COVID. And you're, you're there alone and no one else is there. And you're, you're doing your class. And, and then it airs. It airs on North Hempstead Television. And that's another program. We learned a lot about that because mm-hmm. there are seniors who still watch television and mm-hmm. don't have streaming services. So they were able to go on North Hempstead television. Um, and it's still on today. Th- three, three times a day you can watch a fitness class, um, seven days a week. Wow. So, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's and, and there's also the, the, uh, the radio show that I was on. That's a, that's a great resource, too. Yeah. So Project Independence in You, which I know you've been a guest on more than once, mm-hmm. was a, an idea that came to be at, a, at an advisory meeting in Great Neck. And mm-hmm. um, Jerry Pretzman, who was a, um, past, a since past wonderful, brilliant man. And, you know, just more about the, the town residents and just listening to them. He's like, how about a radio show? And got in touch with, um, you know, Dan Cox at uh, 88.1 FM, WCWP.org. And um, you know, back then created this show. It's once a week and, you know, it's, oh, the format is just, you know, kind of senior themed and then kind of what's going on in the town and always have these very interesting guests like Ron. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just learn a lot, you know, just kind of what you're doing here and putting the information out. Um, and, you know, people learning about their town. Yeah. So we need to take another break, Rebecca. Yeah. Um, uh, but folks, it's going to be another short break. But when we come back, don't don't go away because we have a lot more to talk about in our last segment with Rebecca Miller of Project Independence. So come on back. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at Voice America TRN or Twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN. Tune in to Melody Edmondson's The Space of the Waste radio program. This companion piece to her successful guidebook series, The Space of the Waste, focuses on body types and how to make your waist length flattering, no matter what your body type is. Guests include designers, merchandise managers, factory owners, and more. You'll also find out what accessories will complement your body shape and waist length. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com you're listening to 45 forward to reach ron Rowell or his guest on the program please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com that's ron.roel at gmail.com now back to 45 forward Welcome back, folks. We're talking with Rebecca Miller, the Deputy Director of the Town of North Hempstead's Department of Services uh, for Aging on, in North Hempstead Town, Long Island. Uh, and we've been talking about Project Independence, their innovative program that's been in the works for uh, more than a decade now. Right? Uh, but um, before the break, we were talking about a lot of the different services. And I was just asking, Rebecca, um, how are these uh, programs funded? So um, Project Independence, um, currently we have a major transportation grant um, Mm -hmm. through the federal government, which is called the 5310 um, for uh, seniors and people with disabilities. And um, we're able to draw down from that grant um, and pay almost half of that, utilizing that funding. Um, In part, some of the money um, comes from the rider and um, the other part comes from the town. So we're talking a little bit about how is everything paid for. So it's, you know, it comes from tax dollars. It's how the town is run. So, you know, just like you pay your school taxes, you know, your taxes are included for the Department of Services for the Aging. So the Department of Services for the Aging was established about 10 years ago, 10, 11, maybe even 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it maybe even longer. So Project Independence is the main program with the Department of Services for the Aging, which is a bona fide department and didn't exist until several years after Project Independence was established. Right. So um, in that department is dedicated to people 60 and over in the town of North Hempstead. Um, you can call 311 to become a member of Project Independence, but you are always I mean, to register, you are always a member. If you're 60 and older and have and, and your home is in North Hempstead, there's no income criteria, um, you, you, are, you, you can register. And that just means, you know, we can send you um, some information. Um, you can respond to a little evaluation if you want. And, you know, you can answer some questions. What kind of areas are you looking for help or, or entertainment or socialization? And then we get back to them. And, right. um they just become kind of registered. Yeah. With us, which now, I think have 16,000. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, one of the things that we talked about during the break too, is that the notion that, okay, so it's paid out of, uh, out of taxes. But one of the things that, um, that people complain about taxes, but I think the issue is, well, what do I get for my taxes? And I think this is an issue, especially for a lot of older folks in the suburbs. Uh, once your kids are finished with the school system, uh, Okay, where do your taxes go? And I think that that that's the issue is that people will pay taxes if it supports what they need. And clearly, right. what they there are lots of needs of people as we're getting older, and uh, you know that's going to keep going because right. um, you know even so I'm a baby boomer and people talk about oh okay well, once the baby boomers are done you, you guys are getting, you know you get, but but once the baby boomers you know it's it's not longevity is not the so called you know pig in a python phenomenon. Once the baby boomers get through, uh, we're done. No, you get after that. There's Gen X, there's uh, Gen Y or millennials, 
um, the the aging population is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger cumulatively. You know, so the baby boomers will be become the oldest older, right? But there, but there will be a, a, an increasing need for people, you know, in their sixties and, and older, you know, forever. <laughs> um, right. So I think that that's an important, you know, uh, thing to remember the 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 valid validity of this, this program uh, through time, um, and it's also one uh, that takes a lot of coordination. You know, so you're dealing with a lot of different services. Yeah. So talk a little bit about your team because I, I want to basically have the folks understand how you guys really put this together and who does these things. So we have um, initially the um, commissioner was, she was the commissioner of community services, Madge Kaplan, and um, she passed away in 2007. Um, and she, along with um, the town supervisor and the FEGS Human Service Organization, um, which is where Evelyn Roth is my mother, was working mm-hmm. at the time. Um, they kind of, they were the, the, the initial team and then um, brought Paula Ewell in, who is still, she's also um, a deputy commissioner like me. Paula Ewell's more the deputy commissioner over the human service area where I'm pr- more operational and program and I do a lot of these other eclectic stuff. And of course, you know, I want to mention I'm a yoga instructor too. That's and right, I teach yeah. Yoga. I taught yoga today for a lively group of seniors here at the town of North Hempstead. Um, so that was kind of the initial team. And over the years, we've had a lot of people come and not many leave. So um, we have also Christina Liu, who was an intern, a social work intern. And now, wow. as you know, she is um, not just a social worker, but she is also the producer of the Project Independence in You radio show. Um, she also uh, works with communication on the Pioneer newsletter. She's like the producer of uh, Department of Services for the Aging. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have um, Shari Baton. Shari is the mobility manager, and she and I work together very closely, and she manages um, all these 311 calls that come in for transportation. And it's not always just a reservation for a taxi. There's a lot of issues that... Um, People have a transportation and questions, and if they don't qualify or their doctor is out of town, how do we get there? How do we get people to places that aren't within our purview? So um, it, it's these are just a few little tidbits. You know, we have Gia who manages programs on Friday and does the book club, and we have um, also Kimberly Corcoran Galante, who is the commissioner for both um, Project Independence and also Community Services, which we work very closely with, and um, we have um, Julie Chin and, and Stephanie Heaney and Lisa Diana and Mary O'Neill and Jim Allen, who's, who does our budgeting, and Jenny Van. We have a lot of um, teams and partners that aren't necessarily um, here. But this whole thing doesn't happen without everybody. And, you know, getting together and understanding the community. You know, some people are in just one particular community. Other people kind of work throughout the whole thing. I mean, when you're doing mobility management, it's for the whole town. You know, when you're working, when you're a social worker or a nurse, you have designated areas where you're serving the community there. Right. Um, so it's... Um, so it's, roughly it's, how big is the whole team, roughly, would you say? Does it take well, to really do... Department of Services for the Aging. Oh, that's a good question. So we have five, I would say, kind of core. We, we share um, our accountant. Um, we have several part-time staff that work at um, some, of, some of the um, senior centers. We have um, 
staff that work in uh, some of the housing authorities we have in uh, Magnolia and also at MBR in Manhasset. So we're not a huge team, but like I said, we also partner with community services. So they're a huge support for us in a lot of the programs that we do. Today, we had staff helping with running um, the yoga class. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's important that, that, that you know, they're there and we, and we have that and we have that support. Right. So uh, we're not a huge team, but, you know, we have, again, we have a lot of great resources. We work with 311. It's just everything is, is connected and flows nice. Yeah. Flows well. Yeah. It may not be a huge team, but it's a, it's a good team and you really <laughs> need a team. Well, you need, a, yeah. you need a good team to yeah, do this, do. coordinate this, uh, and do it effectively and do it cost effectively um, for your customers who are, you know, the residents of the town. Um, and I, I reason I asked you that is I just wanted also for our listeners, uh, you know, who may be from other parts of the country, give a sense of what it takes to to do this kind of a program where they might be. Um, and of course, every community is distinctive, as you right as as you mentioned. And and I think you've mentioned before the first thing you have to do if people are thinking about this in another community, another part of the country, is to look at your surrounding resources. Right. Look at your resources. You know, look at your look at your residents. You know, understand, you know, there there could be, you know, pockets where you have a lot of older population or maybe you don't, you know, so you need to understand your population um, and and the resources that you have and 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 the partnerships that you can make and, you know, um, start out doing um, a pilot program. You know, Mm -hmm. that's how these things generally start, you know, take a small area you know, call your state office for the aging. Um, you know, we're always happy to talk to other communities too. We've had probably every community in Long Island and some out of state come come to us and ask us, you know, how do we do this here? Or what, what you know, how can we do this transportation? So of course, you know, we offer them the transportation grant. We tell them how we did that. We explain the, you know, our resources. Um, you know, if you're, you're like we're talking about transportation on Long Island. You know, if you're going east to west, you're in luck. But if you're going north, as you know, Ron, you mm-hmm. know, on Long Island, transportation gets more more complicated. So if you're at Northern Point, so you have to know your transportation. You have to, you know, just know your resources. Um, you can always call and you know, do research online. Um, also, how how does uh, about a NORC model? How how are NORC models established? You know. How do I determine the radius? You know, know your census tracts, know your census, know where the people are. So, um, and everything doesn't have to be exact. You know, we also have this incredible 311 call center. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you just call 311 and for any question you have in the town, you know, if you want to speak with someone in the supervisor's office, if you want to speak with your council person about something in your area, there's a pothole in the street. If you're calling about services that you have for seniors or shows, anything, you can call 311. So that that central number is so important because we talked a little bit about this before. If you're, you know, an older resident and you're living somewhere and every time you have a need or you want information or a service, you're calling a different spot. You know, right. you're yeah. calling the office of the agent, maybe for the county, and they'll say, okay, well, here, you can call this number. I mean, they have a great resource guide, I have to say. So, th- you know, there there are ways to get a lot of information. Um, yeah. 
But, yeah. you know, you really have to know your resources. And, you know, North Hempstead's just a, a yeah. very good place to live for the older population. Right. Yeah, I think that um, when you and I have talked previously, too, I, I felt that looking at and knowing uh, Project Independence, one of the key issues for lots of other areas of the country is to basically um, know your resources, but then looking at your, figure out, you know, what is a, an area of sufficient scale but yet you can have a certain amount of intimacy. So Northampton's uh, Northampton town, you know, has about 250,000 residents, but you have figured out a way to break it down. And I think that's what people really need is they mm -hmm. really need to have a sense of, of connection that they know people, that people are paying attention to them. Um, so um, listen to your residents. Right, right, yeah. right. So, um, so listen, uh, uh, Unfortunately, we have we, we could do a whole another program about all your different uh, services and uh, in, in individual programs, but uh, that's what we're gonna have to leave it there for today. Uh, I want to thank you so much, Rebecca, for a, a great conversation about Project Independence. And before we go, I want to uh, just for our listeners um, tell them how you can find out more about Project Independence. It's great if you're calling from outside of North Hempstead, you can always call 516 869. 6311. That's 516-869-6311. That will get you right to our call center. And you just tell them you want some information from Project Independence and you will get it. And you can also go to the town of Northampton website, right? I mean, Absolutely. Can... There's a ton of information on there. You can look up um, under departments. You can find our department and see all the programs and services that we have and a calendar as well. Right. So it's uh, Northampton ny.gov that's, that's the, and then just click on our government and you can you can there's a separate listing for project independence so you can find that and find out much more about it so anyway and there's fun that, stuff too so there's a lot of fun stuff that seniors <laughs> to do so don't you know it's not just serious matters it's 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 entertainment it's socializations it's summer programs it's fun day monday there's just so much and you can sign up for their newsletter too that's right okay. you can get an email newsletter Great. Okay. So once again, folks, tell your friends if they missed today's conversation with Rebecca, they can listen to it as a podcast on voiceamerica.com. Search for my show, 45 Forward. Um, be sure to join me next Monday, 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern time, when I'll be talking with Tara Ballman of the National Aging in Place Council. And we'll be continuing our conversation today about successful aging in place uh, with the publications um, uh, the NAIPC's new book, Aging Place Conversations, What Industry Experts Have to Say. So until then, folks, keep moving forward, 45 forward. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to 45 Forward. Please join your host, Ron Roel, for another great show next Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We wish you a great week. Thanks again for listening to the proceedings.